Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's Fastest 90 Minutes Post Time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened! Don't touch that dial. You've got another rendition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And I'll tell you what, Mike, we're on the heels of a great week of announcements via Post Time with Mike and Mike. And uh, we're coming to a few cities, Mike. Uh, it's going to be an exciting 2018 with our live remote schedule that was announced uh, just last week. Well, all the great songs that you could kind of with that we're coming to your town on the road again that was my favorite i know you've got one i'm not going to tip it but you've got one of course it's a country music based but you know what it's actually fitting it's very very fitting for what we're going to be able to do and this is the fun time of year mike is when we get to go out and and kind of do all these live remotes and see the greatest harness racing has to offer interview the greatest harness racing has to offer and uh, i'll tell you what it's uh, a fun fun time warm weather is uh, right around the corner. It's just going to be a great time in post time with Mike and Mike Land and Harness Racing. Well, dude, you know what the Camelot Classic means, that uh, summer is right around the corner. Our first venture is to Western Fair Raceway in London, Ontario. And let me tell you something, Mike. The view that we have at Western Fair was unprecedented, and uh, I know that's one thing you didn't get to experience. Hopefully, uh, maybe you'll uh, get, not maybe not to Western Fair, but uh, maybe we'll see it at Mohawk. Who knows? Well, I'll tell you what, Western Fair, good folks up there. Greg Blanchard, Sugar Doyle, uh, we always we always talk Western Fair on Mondays and Tuesdays in our Handicappers Corner section of the website and our uh, picks appear on the uh, television right there for Western Fair. But I'll tell you what, they have really done a great job in promoting their product. It's the first Camelot Classic. Obviously, it replaces the Molson Pace. It's a great race for uh, older Pacers, a race that is certainly gaining a lot in popularity. They're putting a lot into it, and we'll have all all the action upcoming for you uh, towards the end of May. That's our first live remote mic. And after that, it's going to be a whirlwind. How about, and you mentioned it right before you threw it to me, how about our first ever appearance in Mohawk Raceway, the Pepsi North American Cup? I'll tell you what, that is always a fantastic race for the three-year-olds. You know, Mohawk's getting ready to open as Woodbine will shutter the doors to harness racing uh, for the final time. And I'll tell you what, it's a fantastic place. If you have never been to Mohawk Raceway, you need to go. It's uh, a fantastic facility. The food is fantastic. The staff is great. And it's, uh, it's definitely well worth it. 
That's right. And if you need to know anything about track food, you got to see Mike Carter because Mike Carter has tried them all. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> speaking, spe- listen, speaking, spe- well, you know what? We, we won't even go there. But uh, speaking of Mohawk, uh, Mike, Easily Lover Hanover uh, qualified this morning uh, at Mohawk. And uh, it's actually called Woodbine Mohawk Park now and uh, featured his 2018 debut. He went in 154 and 4 over Ellis Park. Uh, so uh, Easy Lover Hanover finished uh, 2017 on a six-race win streak. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's a great way to start uh, 2018, unlike uh, your Tigers. Yeah, my Tigers. No, 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 it's my Cubs, buddy. I never adopted the Tigers. I adopted the Lions, but I've never adopted the Tigers. By the way, today is opening day in baseball, and honestly, I really don't care. I mean, I just hey, have no absolute, I have absolutely no love for, for, for baseball right now in their 10-month season. Listen, post time with Mike and Mike is officially canceled. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you yeah, uh, next time. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but listen, you know, you got you got to enjoy a little bit of baseball. Football season's a little too short for me, if you ask me. And I'm not a huge NFL fan. I'm more of an NCAA fan. But speaking of NCAA, and I know we're a harness racing show. We got to get to our guest list here in just a second. But Mike, how about Loyola Chicago, my friend? These, the, yeah. these guys, the Cinderella story of the uh, the whole thing. And uh, I said it after they won their second game. I said, I think these guys are going to go all the way. Well, I'll tell you what, they are very well coached and uh, they can score. I mean, they've definitely have an opportunity to go all the way. I think, I mean, they're not, they're not as scared of anybody that I can guarantee you. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can go all the way. Speaking of NCAA March Madness, and I know ours isn't of the NCAA caliber, but how about our George Morton Levy Bracket Buster <laughs> presented by the Standard Bread Owners Association of New York. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, we, it, we knew that with the great handicappers that we had in this tournament, we knew it wouldn't be too long before we had a tie. And uh, how about Gina Maybe and Ben Blum? It's kind of like Rosecroft versus running aces. And uh, it's going to be very, very interesting because they have to not only pick for the George Morton Levy coming up, but they also have to pick for the blue chip matchmaker, correct? That's correct. Yes. They have to pick Friday's races well, and right. Saturday's races. Uh, everything is due uh, tonight at nine thirty. Uh, we try to remind everybody on our show each week that uh, selections are due on Thursday at nine thirty. And what a great response we've gotten uh, from uh, everybody, Mike, as far as this contest goes, the people who have been in it really seem to enjoy it. And yep. uh, I'll tell you, man, it's uh, been a very active uh, contest for us. Uh, you know, we've had all most uh, 90% of our selections have come back just about every week. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a fun little time, a great little promotion. And uh, I can't wait to put it on again next year. But uh, listen, we've got we more than the NCAA, more than the Major League Baseball. We've got a fantastic guest list of people. And Mike, uh, coming up first is going to be our man, Roger Plant. And Roger scored a good amount of victories on the Rosecroft program four victories uh on a Sunday and Mike I tell you he is a fantastic driver on the uh Maryland and Delaware circuit yeah he certainly is uh, had another good night in the muck and the mire last night at Rosecroft I'll tell you what it was uh it was the, the weather conditions weren't great as far as the rain goes but uh, the racing always good I'll tell you what value is unbelievable at Rosecroft uh, just towards the end of that card there was a horse that Roger Plant Jr. drove towards the end of the card that went off six to one probably should have went off about nine to five and then another horse at the end of the card that went off 19 to one probably should have went off about four or five to one so just value 
can be had at Rosecroft. And I'll tell you what, as far as wagering goes, it's probably the best kept secret in harness racing because there's just, I mean, prices. You, if you want value and if you want low takeouts and if you want an opportunity to make money, I mean, from a gambler's point of view, I mean, Rosecroft really is your destination. Roger Plant's coming up in a few minutes. How about Marcus Miller making his post time with Mike and Mike debut? Hard to believe that we have been on the air for two and a half years and we've yet to have Marcus Miller on these airwaves. Isn't that hard to believe? You know, when you when you say that, and when I was doing the press release yesterday, I was like, yo, I wonder, you know, we're bringing Marcus on. I'm wondering, you know, maybe why are we bringing him on? It's, you know, you say that now I know why we're bringing him on. He's never been on before. So, <laughs> he's never uh, been on be, before. <laughs> he's, what a great guy Marcus is. Uh, he followed Ryan Macedonio, or excuse me, Ryan Macedonio followed him around for the World Driving Championships. So it'll be that cool to hear fun. about some uh, some of his experiences. And uh, how about Kim French, uh, Mike? This will be her second venture on the post time with Mike and Mike Wagon. And she is the internet news editor at the United States Trotting Association. She fills a ton of other media-centric roles throughout the horse racing industry. And uh, she's even venturing out to uh, tennis. We're going to have to find out a little bit about that. And she was our very first guest on post time with Mike and Mike. Uh, here two and a half years ago, our very first guest, and that was before we even knew what we were doing. And uh, the way we were tripping over each other, and the way you and I were tripping over each other that interview is obvious. We didn't know what the hell we were doing, but that was two and a half years ago. (laughs) And we have definitely got the, well, we've got most of the kinks worked out by that. But I think that was our first test show that she was on. Very first interview, very first person that wasn't named Mike or Mike on our show was Kim French, and she joins us here today. I'm the much more polished, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully much more polished post time with Mike and Mike show. Plus, we've got uh, the Hilltop Handicapper. Pete Vernagli of Vanali is going to join us, and we're going to talk a little bit about leg three of the Libyan matchmaker, as well as Gina Maybe. She's going to chime in from the uh, Cloverleaf Standard Red Owners Association. She's going to tell us what's going on at Rosecroft. But first, Roger Plant Jr. on the backside of this timeout. On Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't go anywhere. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night beginning at 635. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. 
Rehab, Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by a person who's making his first time appearance on Post Time with Mike and Mike, Roger Plant Jr. Roger, how are we doing? Very good, thanks. How are you guys? Not too bad. Well, Roger, you're coming off a fantastic weekend of racing at Rosecroft Raceway. We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, first, uh, kind of tell our listeners uh, about yourself for, uh, for those uh, who may not know you. Um, I'm 50 years old. I've been at it a long time, just a the game and just kind of bouncing around where I can do well. And that was some advice handed to me just to go where you're needed. And like I say, it works out really well, Rosecroft and the Maryland and Delaware circuits. So uh, I've been down here for 20 years and it's really working out well. Roger, Mike feel pretty fortunate here. to be there at Rosecroft. Yeah, now Roger, you've you've not only are you uh, driving and you're doing a lot of uh, catch driving, but you've also and and you continue to do some training as well. Tell us about that, maybe, and tell us about some of the uh, maybe some of the memorable horses that you've had throughout your career to this point. Yeah, I really enjoy training. I mean, I really had to cut because been so busy with the driving, but uh, really fortunate here that to have some horses. I had a horse called Hollogen Hanover was a really open pacer on the Dover circuit for years and. Had some really good mares uh, named Rock and Load and a few other horses that did really well on the circuit. But uh, it's it, I enjoy getting up every morning and, and look, you know, going to work with these horses. But uh, like I said, I really just enjoy the game. Now, Roger, you drive between the two circuits in Maryland and Delaware, obviously a good mixture of the 5.8s and the half-mile tracks. Does driving strategy kind of change uh, between the three tracks, or is it kind of the same mindset when you go in? Uh, I don't uh, the strategy just depends on the horse, the class of horse, uh, and just the positions. But, uh, I mean, obviously half-mile racing is a little more aggressive. But I, I, it's really everywhere you go now. If you're not up near the lead, it's really difficult. So um, it's really, like I said, just depends on the race and, and the type of horse you're driving. Visiting with Roger Plant here on Post Time with Mike DeBunk, presented by Bet America. Roger, the uh, obviously very familiar uh, kind of home base in the Maryland circuit with Rosecroft and Ocean Downs. And obviously there's been a lot of changes in the harness racing landscape in the state of Maryland. Rosecroft has gone through some ownership changes. Ocean Downs has actually gone through some ownership changes as well. Uh, over the past few years, we've you know seen slot machines kind of take effect uh, directly and indirectly in some cases. What are some of the major things that you've kind of noticed uh, in the changing Maryland landscape and harness racing over the past 10 years or so? Well, it's, it's, it's really been nice with Rosecroft to have the full fields and give you that opportunity to uh, have some really competitive racing over there. And uh, same thing I, I see with Ocean Downs that uh, there's really been some good horses there, the way they're riding some classes that uh, 
allows some, you know, people to bring in some good horses and just very competitive racing. And, you know, you just keep hoping, you know, for the future there. But uh, it's it's nice to see some of the changes they've made. And, and uh, like I say, it just seems to have gotten better and better. Now, Roger, let's talk about some of the horses that you have in your barn. Uh, tell us about some of uh, some of maybe uh, some of maybe the good ones, some that we should uh, kind of take a look for. Excuse me, take a look at going forward. Uh, yeah, I just uh, my mother trains the horses. She's been around a very long time, and uh, I help her with it, assist her. And she they've got a horse called Oxen Flowers. It's a really nice mare. She went over there at Rosecroft last night, and she looks to go forward. And the horse called uh, Blissful Sin. Is a you know another nice mare that just maybe a notch below her, but uh, they're both very nice animals. And we've got a horse called Makarma that that uh, races at Dover, looks pretty good. Hopefully, maybe she can get some racing over there. But uh, I just the small stable. I've really tried to concentrate on driving, and it, it's really hard. It is hard to try to do both. So, so uh, like I say, I look forward every morning, get up, do a few horses. But but the main thing I try to concentrate on. Uh, Roger, I know Mike Carter touched a little bit on racing strategies as far as racing at Rosecroft versus racing at Dover and Harrington and at Ocean Downs, and they're all kind of, I guess, they're little animal, but a little own separate uh, entity, so to speak. But, you know, I'll tell you, I from an outside point of view, uh, it really looks like Rosecroft is a little bit, and, and I'm trying to search for the right word for this, a little bit more freewheeling. I mean, it's it's not strange to see horses three wide at an early point in the race at Rosecroft. It's not, you know, strange to see a lot of movement there at Rosecroft. And I think that is kind of one thing that you see there that not a lot of times you, you don't see it. It tracks, uh, you know, like uh, just other different tracks. I mean, you see a lot more finesse, but it seems at Rosecroft they really – have to be on the move early. Is that would you say that's a true statement? And if so, why why is that? Why do you think that the thing is a little bit more loose? It seems like at Rosecroft. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, and uh, it, it just seems to be the style of it that a track. It, Rosecroft is a great track, great surface to race over, and it's it's just so hard to make up the ground from too far back with the full fields with the nine horse fields. It's it's difficult to be too far back and. I think everyone's trying to be either up close or near the front to the best that they can, and uh, it just seems to be the way it's working over there. Myself, I'm always just trying to look for position because it's some you know, sometimes it's just too hard on them horses to be able to get to you know take too much out of them to get the lead early. But I you know just agree with you, say looking for the right word. But it's 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 a definitely an aggressive style over there, and uh, to be able to get you know to get horses home, it, you, know, you have to be up near the front or up close anyway. Yeah, it certainly seems uh, that way. And, I mean, these horses, you know, I mean, obviously they're kind of built for speed nowadays, and, and they're just going a whole lot faster than they did, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, it seems like every year there's a, a world record or some kind of record, you know, set somewhere. These horses are going so fast nowadays. But, Roger, I, I want to give you a good example. And there was a horse that you drove last night towards the end of the card. The horse's name was a Lady Sizzling. It was uh, in race number 11. And I think this is a good example of how things work at Rosecroft. You, you kind of floated out from post seven. I, it appeared that you were kind of looking for a hole. And, and obviously, if you're leaving from the outside, the, that's not a, a guarantee that you're going to find one there. So quickly, it, it looked like you had to call an audible and you just sped the horse to the front. And obviously, the horse certainly had enough to go all the way. Was that a correct assessment? Absolutely correct. You have to try to forwardly place them just to, to be able to be, you know, 
competitive in the race. So I was just looking for position. And when you could see it wasn't there, like you said, had to go to plan B. And, and luckily, the, I just recognized the horse on the lead is not a horse that likes to lead. So, you know, I pushed as hard as I could to get to the front. And it just everything worked out for the best because she did race tough on the front. Yeah, but, 55 and 4. Yeah, good mile, and I'll tell you what, looking at some of the pictures of last night in the winner's circle, boy, I'll tell you what, it looked, it looked a little muddy out there last night, that's for certain. But uh, let's look ahead, let's look in the future. What's uh, what's what's up next for Roger Plant Jr.? Anything special? Uh, I'm just excited. The stakes are all starting. The young horses have uh, got some stake races tonight at Dover, and uh, the, you know it looks like pretty soon here all the three-year-olds will be qualifying soon, and once after that, then the two-year-olds start coming around, and you know the overnight racing. You know you enjoy it, and it's it's a good day's work. But but really look forward to the babies and racing some stake horses down the road. Fantastic. Well, good stuff, buddy. Listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this edition. Best of luck to you, and, uh, and we'll check in with you in the future, my friend. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, that was driver Roger Plant Jr. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's uh, just really good racing at Rosecroft. I can't say it enough. I mean, just a lot of movement. And you know, Mike, from a handicapper's point of view, when you see a lot of movement like that, usually that brings a lot of value uh, as far as money-making goes. You know, uh, that's why we have that commercial, uh, boom goes the tote board, basically. Uh, You know, we've seen some impressive things come out of Rosecroft Raceway, Mike. Uh, You know, I believe there was a $700 winner, what was it, a year ago, two years ago, something along those lines. Uh, It was unbelievable the amount of uh, prices uh, that come at Rosecroft. But Roger Plant, uh, he he does a great uh, great job at both Rosecroft and on the uh, Delaware circuit. Excuse me. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, he just kind of sits back and enjoys what he does. And between the three racetracks, Mike, you can make a a pretty good day's living. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, that Maryland product is certainly, you know, gotten better, too. I think that's kind of grown in leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. Maryland's got some great, great people, you know, that really care a lot about harness racing that are kind of steering the, uh, the ship there. So hopefully, you know, that product can continue to keep coming forward. Our edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike is continuing right along here, coming up in a few minutes. Uh, uh, really a person of many talents, and she was our first guest ever on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Kim French, she is coming up. Plus, Marcus Miller is making his Post Time with Mike and Mike debut. And uh, we've got Gina Maybe from the Cloverleaf Standard Bread Owners Association. She's going to tell us what's going on over the next couple of weeks and uh, we're talking Levy and Matchmaker with Pete Finale from Yonkers Raceway that and a whole lot more but Mike I gotta tell you real quick before we get to Kim French this really made my day because I was going through our website analytics today and uh, okay. how about this Mike you ready are you sitting down okay yeah I'm sitting down let's, let's hear the, it beautiful for the month of March we are closing in on 13,000 unique viewers for the website. Wow. Unbelievable. 13,000. That's really cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. So we appreciate all of our listeners and uh, everybody that uh, really kind of made this thing go because that was a really, uh, really a cool number to see. All right. Kim French is coming up on the backside of this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. 
Mike Bozichair along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. 12 championship races. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Searching up the rail. Modern legend there. Foiled again. Dead game. Clear vision laid on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Photo finish. Foiled again at Pit Rock together. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bed of Barricade. Yeah, we are teaching every one of you to listen to our counterpart a bit on the Bed America Radio Network. His name is Jason Beam. He's got a great thoroughbred show, so everybody check it out if you're into the thoroughbreds. Jason, uh, kind of like us, has great guests throughout the week, so check it out. Once again, that's at bedamerica.com slash barnmike. And you know, it's about time. Jason gives us a lot of love on Twitter and other social media outlets. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, we've got to return that, Mike. Yeah, we're not uh, so good at returning that to him because we're not the thoroughbred. No. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we, we, listen, you know, we try to retweet some of his stuff once in a while. But yeah. listen, somebody who probably does listen to his podcast a little bit, and uh, she probably doesn't know that she was the very first guest on our show. Uh, she was the first non-Mike, uh, so to speak. Uh, Kim French uh, joins us now. And Kim, uh, you got some great thoroughbred stuff coming up. But we also have some big harness stuff coming up as well. Yeah, it's actually really exciting. This is like, I'd say probably the the best part of the year for me. Um, The anticipation of all the great racing that's going to come. um, It's hard to like really put into words. 
Well, Kim, let's uh, let, let's talk a little bit uh, about kind of what you do. Uh, we've had you on the show uh, once before, like we said. You were the very first guest we ever had. But uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on. I know uh, you cover a ton of horse racing media in general, but uh, I, I think I read somewhere too. Didn't you? Aren't, aren't you going to uh, take up uh, maybe uh, some tennis media as well? Actually, yeah, I got an internship with the Western and Southern Open. For this summer, um, I'm still not exactly sure if I'm going to be able to swing that with my horse racing schedule and then my work schedule at the USTA. Um, so that's kind of that's another thing that I'm working on. And I'm also doing some social media projects for a new uh, recreational sports facility in Rhode Island. Wow, you stay, you definitely stay busy. Well, uh, let, t- talk to us about what you do at the USTA. Uh, what are some of your duties there? And um, I know that uh, you, you've had to listen. I, I, I try to write as best as I can, I promise, so that when you get it, you don't have to do a lot of work. But uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you do at the USTA. Sure. Um, I am the Internet News Editor at the USTA. So generally what I do is I work nights and weekends, and I go ahead and post race results and any kind of press releases that come in. Um, I also write for the website as well. Actually, I have a story coming out later today for the website um, on the Hoosier Parks opening tomorrow. Well, I think I've seen you a few times out at Hoosier Park. Uh, you do a great job with promoting uh, the sport in general. And, and Kim, what does it kind of take as far as that travel schedule, so, so to speak? I know that you travel to a lot of different places. You take a lot of different pictures. Um, does, the, the, does the travel kind of wear on you, or does the racing kind of beef you up a little bit? Um, actually, the travel can get to you. But for me, I'm so used to it that – you know, it doesn't really bother me all that much. I'm always so excited to see live horse racing, no matter what it is, that it definitely overcomes the tired edge, for sure. You know, it's like a, your adrenaline is pumping. Mike Bozic here. Kim, uh, let's talk a little bit about writing. Obviously, you've done a, a great share of that, a lot of great stories uh, throughout the years, many of them appearing on uh, the USTA website. Of course, ustrotting.com uh, is where you can check out Kim's stories. Kim, when it comes down to writing a good story, what do you think are the perfect ingredients for a good, well-written story? Hmm. I think trying to be clear, the first thing is you have to make sure that you have a really good lead because that's your shot to get people dragged into what you have to say, um, which they might not necessarily consider all that important. So having a lead is very good to start you off with. And then just structure and organization, you know, and obviously good grammar. But if you want to tell a story, it should have a flow to it from the beginning to the end. Now, how long does it take you? Like, if you sit down with a story and and you know you, you get, obviously it's it's way more about writing a story. I mean, you've got to get quotes, you've got to interview people, and then after that, mm-hmm. you kind of got to set it into the the story that you're trying to tell. How long does it take you to to write a an average story, site? Usually, it, like from the beginning of the interview process to the to the end, I'd say probably well, depending on the length of the story, I'd say anywhere from four to six hours. Because even before I set up my interviews, I like to be able to do as much research as possible about, you know, who I'm going to be speaking with so that I, you know, am fairly fluent in who they are when I, when I talk to them. I think that's important um, because you have to 
establish a relationship with someone that you're interviewing so that they will give you good material and that they'll feel comfortable with you telling their story. Yeah, definitely a good point. And obviously nowadays social media has just played a huge impact as far as promoting goes, whether it's telling stories uh, or, you know, promoting your own stories or, you know, promoting different other things and whatever you're trying to promote, whether it's the sport of harness racing or anything else. And obviously you have a big, um, a big interaction with social media. Tell us about how important that is. I mean, as far as promoting harness racing goes. I think it's tremendous. I mean, actually, I'm in graduate school right now for sports administration, and social media is one of the reasons I decided to pursue this because my concentration will be in digital marketing and digital content. And it's the wave of the future. For sure. Well, it's already arrived, really. But I think it's only going to grow over the next couple of years. And it's... It, and things change on social media so quickly. So you really have to keep up with current trends. And I think that social media is a way for people that might not know harness racing to be able to become familiar with the sport and maybe eventually want to get involved themselves. I think, you know, and, and here's the thing. I think when we talk about social media, you know, obviously I think a lot of people – just when they hear social media, they think, okay, we'll just make a couple of posts on Twitter, make a couple of posts on Facebook, do this on Instagram, do that here, do that there, and blah, and, and, and you're done. But there is an art, I think, to uh, getting out your message in social media, at least if you want to do it effectively. What, what do you think – how deep does social media go? I mean how much deeper does social media go than just making a couple of posts here and there? Much deeper. First of all, you have to kind of investigate to see what kind of content that people are interested in consuming. And you have to craft that content. You have to make it interesting. You have to grab people's attention. And the other thing with social media is you have to be consistent. If you make one post, you need to follow it up. You have to continually brand yourself. It's, it's a process. You know, kind of like um, a foundation, you build the foundation for the house, and then you continue, you know, putting up the walls, putting up the roof, and then making all the other adjustments that, you know, you do during construction. It's kind of the same thing, I think, with social media. Yeah, and I think a lot of the tricky thing is with social media, too, is that you want to display your product without necessarily making it obvious that you're trying to push something with an agenda. I mean, you got to – and that's <laughs> where you talk about the interesting content. I mean, you don't want people just to, to, to scroll by your post because you, now they're just advertising something or they're just pushing the thing. I mean, you do want to make it interesting. And, yeah, there is definitely a mad science to this whole social media ingredient. And I'll tell you what, if you look – at what are the most, some of the most successful, you know, companies, they have learned how to use social media definitely. And, and I'll tell you what, harness racing, I think in my opinion is doing it well. I mean, is, is from what, from what I've seen, I think harness racing is doing social media quite well. What do you think? I think, th I think so too. I think the sport um, was a little bit slow out of the gate to embrace it, but once they have done that, I think it's been an excellent job. Now, Honestly, there's always room for improvement in, any, in, in anything, I think, or at least that's how I view the world. So if we can keep working on that to become even better, I think those guys will win it. No question about it. Well, what's next for Kim French? What's down the road? What do you, what do you see in your future? 
Well, in the coming weeks, I'm trying to get ready for the Grand Circuit action that's just started here at Yonkers that will continue throughout the year. Um, Also, I do freelance in thoroughbred racing, and I will be working at the Kentucky Derby. So I have that coming up, too, that I'm trying to get ready for, because that's quite a bit of work, and you have to know what you're doing. The Kentucky Derby, I would say say the Kentucky Derby, that's definitely a tall order, but listen, I'll tell you what, you're an immensely talented individual, you are our very first guest on Post Time with Mike and Mike, we're certainly honored to have you be our very first guest, two and a half years later, it's kind of like a little bit of a reunion, but listen, we appreciate you joining us, best of luck in the future, I know you've got a lot of irons in the fire, and we'll check in with you, certainly, on a future date. Sounds great. All right, thanks, Kim. Thank you for having me. All right, that was Kim French. Mike, she was our very first guest on Post Time with Mike and Mike two and a half years ago. Can you believe it? Two and a half years ago. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely been a whirlwind of a ride, that's for sure. I can't believe it's been two and a half years. But uh, what a great lady uh, Kim is. Uh, every time I talk to her, uh, she's always constantly asking about how we're doing, you know, how families are, things of that sort. So the relationship goes a lot deeper with Kim, and uh, that's certainly appreciated. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, when I said that Harness Racing is doing a fantastic job on social media, I meant that. I mean, you've got you've got guys like Ryan Macedonio who just put together those phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal, uh, pieces with the two-year-olds. Um, if you haven't had a chance to see those, you have to see those because, the, I mean, just great interviews with the good up-close video. He looked like he was uh, riding in front of a horse and filming the two-year-old's training. Just fantastic stuff. HRU, fantastic stuff with Heather Bytel, the two-for-twos. you got to make sure you check those out. I mean, and, and those are all important parts of the ingredients, Mike, because, you know, in social media, you just can't post stuff. I mean, you, there's got to be a purpose. There's got to be content. There's got to be interesting stuff. And it was a good talk with Kim because it, there's a mad science to this thing, Mike. There really is. And I'll tell you what, if, if Harness Racing can crack that code and continue to work at it and continue to strategically promote their product in social media, I think that it could definitely be a very, very good thing. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like the news story. Uh, you got to really think about what you're going to post, what the story is. Or people, is it is it a common interest story? Is it you know a harness racing based story? Do you have to post um, you know maybe the right hashtags? We talked a little bit about that before the show, Mike. So uh, th- you know, social media is a lot deeper than just the uh, than just what meets the eye. All right, we got plenty left uh, on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Marcus Miller will be making his Post Time with Mike and Mike debut, and he's in the on deck circle on this opening day of Major League Baseball. Plus, we've got uh, Pete Finale going to be joining us towards the bottom of the hour. We're going to try to crack the code of leg three of the Levy at Matchmaker. Plus, Gina Maybe will be joining us a little bit later on as well. He's going to tell us about what's going on at Rosecroft Raceway. So, still a lot to left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. got to do something about those country music bumpers. Mike Bozich along with Mike hey, Carter. Hey, 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 easy. <laughs> At time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. That, that's it. Next week, brand new bumpers, and you don't get to pick anything. Thanks, buddy. That? I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that a lot. Uh, we'll give you your couple songs. We'll give you your couple songs of fame, don't worry. Right now, let's bring in driver Marcus Miller, who is uh, making his post time with Mike and Mike debut. Marcus, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic. Listen, we, we're going to talk about your driving. We're going to talk about your career in just a moment, but we were just talking to Kim French, and we're talking a little bit towards the end of that conversation about social media and how social media is playing a big part in harness racing uh, here over the past couple of years. And I know you're a big social media guy, and you've kind of advocated for more involvement in harness racing and social media. What, what say you? Harness racing definitely needs to get more involved in social media, huh? Oh, for sure. I think it's like uh, it's the easiest way to, to talk to fans and it's completely free so that fits our budget as good as anything does but you know i always try to be available i don't get as many questions before the races as as i thought i would maybe when i moved out to the east coast but but i'm always uh available if somebody wants to contact me it's at, at miller driver on twitter so i'm pretty uh pretty open 
Yeah, I mean, you're right on Twitter there, and I've seen you interact, and you, you do a fantastic job, certainly a great ambassador Thank for you. the sport. And, and uh, you know, Mike was talking about uh, how Ryan had an opportunity, Ryan Macedonia, our good friend, had an opportunity to follow you around in the World Driving Championships. A lot of that appeared on social media, good video, got a lot of good coverage, and uh, that yeah. certainly had to be a lot of fun, huh? Oh, it was a blast. We had a, we had a great time. That trip was unbelievable. And, you know, the racing was great, but even more than that, all the people we met were great. You know, like uh, all the people on our trip and then the fans in Canada were, they were a riot. We, we just had a great time. Kind of talk a little bit about that experience, Marcus. Uh, you know, we know that, um, you know, the, the kind of the atmosphere up there is uh, definitely different at some of the racetracks, but what would is, what was it like to drive on some of those racetracks? I, I know you guys went to century downs, you guys went to PEI and, and some of those places have a ton of storied history. Yeah. Like uh three rivers is, is one of the coolest racetracks I've ever been to. It's like set up right behind the formula one track and it almost has that feel. It's super banked. <clears throat> century downs is, is brand new, but, but those people that are out there are like, if they're into harness racing, they're mega fans. And now, like that track, that racetrack is bizarre. It's just, I can't remember exactly the length, but you start in a weird spot, and it kind of looks like it should be a five-eighths, but it's a funny shape. And then once you get to Prince Edward Island, that that place is unbelievable. If, if you haven't been, and like talking to everybody, if you haven't been, make a point to go to the Gold Cup of Saucer because that's that's like right up there with the Jug and the Hamiltonian and some of the stuff in Europe. Like it's that's an event for sure. And it's certainly, and it's not a, it's a race. It doesn't really go for a whole lot of money. I'm thinking it only goes for like what, 50 or 60,000, but I mean, yeah, it's I just, it's, it's the atmosphere. I mean, uh, you know, one of the thing, one of the great things they do is they turn the lights low and the horses come out for the post parade. They do the whole spotlight thing. I mean, Vance Cameron's one in a million. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> yeah, just, absolutely. it really is an event. It really is an event. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was pretty fortunate to pick up a, a drive last minute there and finish third, and that was, that, that was probably my most exciting third I've ever had in my career. <laughs> yeah, no question. It's good stuff up there. Marcus, let's talk a little bit about your career for just a moment. Uh, and you're like me. You came uh, kind of out of the Chicago area. I grew up in Gary, Indiana, and grew up on the uh, apron of Balmoral Park and in Maywood Park and in Hawthorne and Sportsman's and all the – Chicago tracks and you you really made a name for yourself out there did a a fantastic job um and obviously you know you've got some uh, great lineage so to speak because you know Irv Miller is obviously a legendary trainer and you've you've got a great family that's been involved in harness racing for a long time tell us about the Illinois days and I'll tell you the, the thing I remember about the Illinois days mostly is and I've heard this because I, I worked at Hazel Park for a long time and all the gamblers would come up to me to say, if you're betting Balmoral Park, you gotta watch out for the pink bike. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I don't think I realized how great it was until until it was gone. I, I really miss Balmoral and Maywood. It it was a it was a great place to grow up as a driver. You know, I got a lot of opportunity pretty quickly. I had had a lot of uh chances from really good trainers back there and you know, getting to drive on a half and a mile track. It couldn't have been two more different racetracks. So, you know, Balmoral was the longest track in the world. and Maywood was just a wicked fast half mile track. It it, it definitely, I, I hate to be only under 30 and say I had good old days already, but that I, I miss it yearly. <laughs> 
Now, Marcus, uh, you're coming up on the 3,000 victories, and you, you've had victories from, you know, non-winners of one all the way up through the Breeders' Crown. What has it been like to kind of drive in, you know, a good variety of races and then to kind of drive those stakes-caliber horses? Uh, you know, it's happened so quick. I've, I feel very fortunate. Um, my favorite thing to do is, is to kind of follow the babies around, and, and fortunately with my dad's large stable that's what he focuses on so i get to do that a lot but every race you know any any time you know you win a race it's like you get that that rush and it doesn't matter what kind of race it is you know it could be wednesday night uh, you know at whatever track now like you said the not winners of one or two and you still get that same hit and if you if you don't i think if you don't then it's time to quit but i'm lucky i i've had a lot of a lot of luck uh and a lot of success and it's it's been tough, but but it's happened a lot quicker than I thought it would ten years ago. You know, towards the uh, end there in Illinois, uh, or towards the end of your reign out there in Illinois, you were kind of like the. I mean, you were the leading driver out there. I mean, I you know there was a lot of great horsemen out there. I don't want to. I hesitate to use the term big fish in a in a small pond in a shrinking pond certainly because obviously a lot of the good horsemen went elsewhere with the purses and you kind of followed suit. You made the transition out to the East Coast. How was that transition for you personally? I know obviously you you know your father, but I mean great trainer, a lot of experience. So it was probably less nerving on him, but how was it, how was that transition to the East coast on for you personally? You know what? I did something. I don't know if it was a smart move or not, but, uh, I moved out here in March and, uh, with my now wife, we were just engaged in, and I said right away, I want to find a house and buy it. So that way I don't have that thought in the back of my head of moving back. I wanted, I, I for sure wanted to make it a, a permanent move to the East coast and, that's what we did within two months we had bought a house out here there was no turning around we were we were rooted in the ground right away and it it was very tough I mean like I I went from winning you know three or four or five a night to you know one or two or none or you know have a have a rough week and not win any that first year or so and and, uh so it was definitely tough but she helped me stick through it we we worked hard and and, uh you know I got got lucky here and there and just kind of found my spots, you know, kind of take advantage of, of when guys are other places at first, you know, when the stakes are going on when I didn't have a stake for it, so I'd have, have a good day at Chester or Poconos and Meadowlands, whatever it was, and use that time to kind of catch people's eye. And I feel like now I'm pretty well established, but yeah, it was definitely not easy, not easy on uh, your ego for sure. <laughs> Now, Marcus, you've had a ton of amazing experiences, uh, whether it be in this country or, you know, in Canada or in other countries. What 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 is next on your radar? You've done a ton of stuff as it is already. Is there anything that maybe you haven't done yet that you'd like to do? Uh, yeah, you know, I got to meet a lot of um, international drivers and, and, and personalities when we were on that, that trip in Canada for the World Driving Championship. And uh, real quickly, I got to go to, go to Australia there, and that was amazing. But talking to the guys from Sweden, I got to go to Sweden and um, and check that out because they they just do things in such a profe- professional manner. It's just they're doing the same thing we're doing, but just in a, a quite a bit different way. And I would love to see that you know check out those operations over there. So if I can get that done soon, I would, I would be pretty happy with that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, certainly a lot of things. One race that you'd like to win before you call it a career, what's that one race? 
Oh, for sure the Hamiltonian. Yeah, no question. That's that's the be all end all for me. I love driving nice trotters. They're the hard. I feel like you really gotta. You really still have to drive a trotter. It's not quite like a pacer where it's just go as fast as you can. So that is driver trotter. I would love to win the Hamiltonian. All right. Well, Marcus, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. We'll be seeing you at the Downs in Mohegan Sun, Pocono, Harris, Philadelphia, the Meadowlands. You know, we'll be seeing you all over the place here on the East Coast. I'm sure you're going to keep a very, very busy schedule. You know, that's one of the questions that I have for drivers, though, before we let you. How in the heck do you guys do it? I mean, you guys are just simply all over the place. You know what? I I bought a a little car that gets good gas mileage. I, I'm on the road about 75,000 miles a year. I listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, and just I'll sleep when I die, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I'll tell you, well, you know what? And I'll tell you what, you got to get it while it's there. There ain't, there's no question about that. It, Absolutely. You know, you Absolutely. certainly got to get it while it's there. Marcus, we appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a great day. All right, that was driver Marcus Miller, and uh, I'll tell you what, interesting statement right there, making the transition from Illinois to the East Coast. The first thing you do, buy a house. Get your foot, get your feet right. down on the cement so you don't even think about going back, and I'll tell you what, that was, uh, sounded like it was a good move. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he he's really planted himself. And, you know, to hear kind of that background story, Mike, of winning five or six a night to go into one or two or none, you know, on a lot of these racetracks, Mike, uh, if you don't win any races, you don't bring home any uh, any cheddar. So, uh, you know, that's that, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough uh, kind of pill to swallow. But boy, is he really implanted himself on the East Coast circuits. And uh, you see him a lot at Harris, Philadelphia. And what a great uh, what a great guy. And uh, he'll be getting to 3000 before too long. Oh, absolutely. And there'll be many more wins to come after that, no question about it. All right, still uh, plenty left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Gina Maybe from the Cloverleaf Standard Bread Owners Association will be joining us and talk uh, a little bit about what's uh, coming up at Rosecross over the next couple of weeks. Plus, Pete Vanalia will be joining us, and uh, Pete is going to talk to us about the levy and the matchmaker it's already leg three boy this series is Are going sure? fast leg three and well is it going fast for you my friend because you're the one that has to be i'll tell you what that first week had to be tough on you 64 uh 64 people getting their picks in what about 14 or 15 not getting their picks in making sure you're reminding everybody to get their picks in and i'll tell you i got to give you credit i know i've said it for the past couple of weeks you ran that thing like a like a drill sergeant buddy i would not want to be one of the people that was late getting my picks in well, listen, week one was the hardest. Uh, I think I started two days out. I built the uh, score sheet. And then last week I started on Thursday afternoon. I think I'll start at Thursday at 930 tonight because uh, it goes from 32 to 16. So uh, it just gets easier and easier and easier as we go. And But it's been a lot of fun. It's been really kind of uh, an invigorating process, so to speak. And you know what? Uh, it's been cool to see how the scores kind of play out, you know, um, Last week, we had a matchup between Garnett Barnsdale and Peter Aiello. It came down to the last race. If Peter Aiello's horse finishes fourth instead of third, you got another tie. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, uh, you know it, that's what makes it fun is the fact that you're getting to sit back and kind of watch all these races and see what happens. All right. Gina Maybe's next on Post Time with Mike and Blank, presented by Bud America. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in one forty-seven and 3 That's the new track. Record competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. 
six roses at 35 to 1. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry low 12% takeout on the pink five. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. They certainly do. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Gina Maybe from the Cloverleaf Standard Bread Owners Association joining us. And, uh, Gina, first of all, before we get into the activities that will be taking place at Rosecroft Raceway, you, you're in a tie with running aces' very own Ben Blum in the uh, 2018 George Morton Levy Bracket Buster Series. I know you're scouring the stats because you also have to handicap the blue chip matchmaker to try to break this tie. You got any strategies that uh, you're going to employ on Ben the, uh, coming up? No, actually, I don't. I am, I am just going to wing it. Just going to wing. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll tell you what. Hopefully, you can break this tie. And uh, I'll tell you, Ben's a good handicapper now. Don't take Ben lightly. He's he's pretty tough. He knows what he's doing. So, uh, and there's some good money on the line. But Gina, let's get to Rosecroft. Uh, you know, we heard towards the end of that commercial about the racing as far as how competitive it is with the uh, the little bit of a slogan, we race. And I'll tell you what, I was watching some races there last night, just really exciting racing action, a lot of great value. I talked about it in the beginning of the show where uh, horses that, like there was a, horse, a couple of horses yesterday, Roger Plant's horse that he won with, uh, I believe it was in the 11th race, going off 6-1. to one. That horse probably at any other racetrack would have went off 8-5 to five or 9-5. to five. Then you've got a horse at the end I liked, went off 20-1. to one. one probably should have went off about 4-5-1. or five to one. So some great value at Rosecroft. And Gina, the prices have just been outstanding. Yes, I mean, you know, I love our racing at Rosecroft. You've got, as I've said before, you've got the constant movement almost the entire mile. You know, they're pulling, they're parking each other. It just makes for very exciting racing. And Gina, talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, maybe some of the drive, like the driver colony. We had Roger Plant Jr. on earlier, and what a competitive driving colony it is between Roger Plant and Frank Milby. And you, the the list can go on and on and on. You don't, I mean, you may see one of them win four or five a night, but it's really a competitive driver colony out there. Yes, and I i mean, one of the things that I've enjoyed this meet specifically is we've had two kids, I call them kids at least, that have, um, you've got their first pair of mutual wins, you know, at Rosecroft. And that's, you know, that was very exciting for them, and they're both great kids. Gina, let's talk a little bit about some of the promotions you have coming up. I know this uh, I Want to Be a Driver thing. You've really promoted that very hard on uh, social media. It's a very exciting event, and it just proves once again how hands-on harness racing can be. I mean, you can't get on top of a thoroughbred horse, so you can't go stand in the in the batter's box with Derek Jeter. Somebody mentioned that last night. It was uh, – uh, uh, Scott Robinson mentioned that last week, Mike. I thought that was a very good analogy. You can't go in the batter's box with Derek Jeter, but you can sit behind a harness horse and see what it's like as these equine athletes and uh, drivers compete out there. And, and Gina, this is a great promotion, and it's going to be ongoing. Tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, when I started this, I you know, that was always what my focus had been was, you know, harness racing, it's 
you can get into it with no experience, basically. You can go to the barn the minute you buy a horse, and you can start learning. They're, it's easy. I mean, our horses are great animals. They're, they're gentle, most of them. You know, you got, you got your select few. But we, our temperament of the standard breads is just wonderful. So what I do is we get them all together, and then I will take them into the paddock, and, you know, we do overview of the harnessing and the equipment, and I let them kind of roam around and talk to various trainers, and I'll pull a trainer, you know, over and let them ask questions, and drivers will do the same. And then what I do is we'll let them go and warm up their horse or their horse for their exhibition race. And, and of course, they got a licensed driver sitting next to them. And then usually, you know, within the first five races, we will do usually two races, four in each race. And it's a five-eighths of a mile dash. And, you know, my licensed drivers, even in those races, they're driving each other. It's not <laughs> unusual to see them being parked in my exhibition races. And I'm like... It's it's crazy, but everybody enjoys it. And that's the main thing, and you're making new fans in the process, and you're getting the word of mouth out there. Uh, give us some dates. When uh, when do these things take place? Um, my next one is scheduled for April 22nd, and then I'm doing a – we rescheduled our March one because the weather wasn't fantastic. Right. So we're going to go ahead and do that one on May 9th. And then our last one for our spring meet will be May 27th. Okay, and if anybody's interested, if anybody wants to get involved, how can they go about doing so? Um, right now they can give me a call, um, 240-766-7869, um, or they can email me, and that's a really long email address. That's Georgina Maybe with two E's at the end at gmail.com. And, you know, I will work with them, and we'll get them all lined up and signed up. Now, Gina, one real quick question. I know you said that the drivers were really competitive with each other. Did you did you have to bribe them at all to get them to do this, or were they uh, were, were they more inclined to try to help and try to create some new fans? Oh, my drivers, they are absolutely wonderful. Um, they're they get there and they want to do it, and they love sitting next to them. And they love talking to the you know the peop, the participants, and. A lot of them are friends with the participants on Facebook now. I, I there is, you know, the drivers are really good about this. All right, so that's the I want to be a driver. Once again, uh, give Gina a call. Gina, once again, what's that number? If anybody, uh, if anybody wants to call or that email address, two four zero seven six 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 nine, and the email address is Georgina, G-E-O-R-G-I-N-A-M-A-Y-B-E-E at gmail.com. All right. So definitely make sure you, you get your uh, interest in if you want to do that. It's a, it's a tremendous, tremendous thing. To, I'm telling you, if you have never sat behind a harness horse, this is something that you want to do because it's it's unbelievable. That and riding in the starting car, I think, are two of the most unbelievable things in the sport of harness racing that just get fans so close up that they really can't do in uh, any other sport that I know. Um, Gina, what else we got going on at Rosecroft? I know we we still have uh, a couple of months left in the meet. What's uh, what else is upcoming uh, at Rosecroft Raceway? Um, well, this past Sunday was Maryland Day, 
So uh, the racetrack made these, and I'm sure you've seen them, the cute little uh, standard bred horse with the Maryland flag, because in Maryland, everything's about the flag. Yep. So we, we got some decals and we handed them out. And what we're going to do on every race night from here on out is we're going to go out into the parking lot and randomly select one car with the decal on, and we're going to give them a $50 voucher and through the end of the meet. So that's one of the promotions we're running. Um, we, we always have our monthly handicapping, and we stretch that over two, two, two Sundays. And, you know, that's always very exciting. We have our sire stakes coming up. Um, we're going to try to do a community, like, health fair day. And then we're going to do, um, like, a spring fling kind of situation and bring the kids out and have some kids' activities and maybe some pony rides and stuff, some stuff like that. Very, very cool. And uh, once again, live racing at Rosecroft every Wednesday and Sunday. Help me out with the post times, Gene. I think it's uh, – help me out. Um, well, I'm also going to add we race this Monday because with Sunday being Easter. So right. we're going to – we moved our race day to Monday, and that's 640. Um, but our normal days is Sunday with a post time of 440, and then Wednesdays with a post time of 640. Beautiful. Good racing there at Rosecroft. Great promotions. I'm telling you that I want to be a driver thing. That's something if you've never sat behind a horner's horse, even if you've sat behind a horner's horse before, you got to do it. It's really, really good stuff. I'm even thinking about it, to be quite honest. Gina, listen, really appreciate you joining us. We'll check in with you a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll see what's going on. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Gina Maybe from the uh, Cloverleaf Standard Bread Owners Association. I want to be a driver, Mike. What do you think? What do you, you think I should do it? Yeah, go for it, man. Why not? All right, I might. I'm let's, thinking you know, about. Let us know how this. Happens, so, you know what? Maybe they'll. You know what? Maybe we can get. I tell you, maybe. Uh, you know, this might be something for a Potomac Pace Night. Maybe me, you, Jessica, Garnett, and uh, Taylor. There, there, there's an exhibition race right there. The post time with Mike and Mike exhibition race, my friend. Nah, you guys don't have a chance. You guys yeah, don't have a chance. You I'm don't. Gonna give, you don't. You wouldn't listen, have a chance. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to. With, I'm going to get with George, and I'm going to see if he'll let me use Wiggle and Jiggle it for a night, and then uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Right. We'll see what happens. I'll, I'll tell you what. If I sat behind Wiggle and Jiggle it, would be the first two-minute mile. The first – I should say the first over two-minute mile that he, he's ever faced. You know what? I'm, I'm going to pitch that like, idea to Gina. I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. Well, we, not, like right? I said, we like to have our board meetings right around the air, post time with Yeah, that's, with that's, what bike, so. that's what we do. I'll tell you what, see me in the bike, that'd be worth the price of admission. But I, you know, listen, I'll tell you what, if I'm going to do this, I want to be a driver thing. You got to help me out because I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to go on a, 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 a crash diet here. Don't even. You know that, right? You're going to have to, you're gonna have to help, you're going to have to help me out. No more, Why no more pizza. No more late night Wawa and pizza. Well, listen, we we that means no more beer. Oh boy, well maybe we should rethink that then. All right, coming up is Pete Finale <laughs> going to be joining us. Pete, of course, uh, from Yonkers Raceway, and we're going to dissect leg three of the Levy and the uh, the matchmaker. By the way, I forgot to yeah, I forgot to remind uh, Gina to get her picks in. So uh, I, I know you'll probably be reminding her because you've been on it, buddy. You've been on it. We're down to the sixteen, man. There's you, you can't be forgetting about it now. You've everybody's made it this far through sixty four down to sixteen. The big money is just Right there. The finish line is right there. We can't be forgetting about it now. 
no, we cannot forget about it. The finish line is right there. So make sure you get your picks in by 9.30 tonight. At 9.31, I throw him in the garbage. No, I'm just kidding. Not, yeah, no, no, he's not kidding. No, he is not kidding. He does throw him in the garbage at 9.31. He has seen it happen. He has seen it happen. I've put picks in the trash over the past couple of weeks. Oh, oh, man. All right, all right. Let's take a commercial break. When we come back, it's Pete Finale on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home a champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, foils again, dead game, clear vision laid right on the outside, Pit Rock on the inside, photo finish, foils again, and Pit Rock together, run 49 and 2. Excitement. Keystone velocity in 1, 47 and 3, that's a new track record competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs six roses at 35 to 1 bang soon go the fireworks Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry-low 12% takeout on the Pink 5. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and Keystone Velocity and a blue chip matchmaker. Medusa into second, Mackenzie A takes the blue chip matchmaker final. The preliminaries for the matchmaker and Levy series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit EmpireCityCasino.com. Dead tight! Yes, 
Once again, all the action this weekend will be at Yonkers Raceway as the Blue Chip Matchmaker and the Levy Series forge forward its leg three of both of those particular series. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter back on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Right now we're joined by Yonkers Raceway's very own Pete Finalia. Pete, how are you, sir? Doing just great. Great to be back on. And uh, I must say, it's always a lot of fun to come on right after that great promo for the New Vocations people. It's really a great cause. Yeah, they do fantastic work. Uh, New Vocations, our good friend Winnie Morgan Nemeth. And uh, I'll tell you what, horse aftercare is a big, big thing. And uh, I'll tell you, I think harness racing is making a good move. I know the USTA has made some uh, moves towards initiatives to, you know, better care for our equine athletes after they're done racing. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a big, big thing. I think it's Time harness racing starts looking out for it, and in places like uh, New Vocations have done a great job. And Pete, you've done a great job, my friend. Been watching on the on the uh, Yonkers feed, and of course the Levy and the Matchmakers already in its third leg. It just seemed like yesterday we were talking about its first leg, but the uh, time waits for no one, and the third leg is upon us. Any standouts so far in the first two legs? Any kind of uh, things that we could kind of take away from the first two legs of either of those series? Well, I would say so far we've had three horses who have been able to put together two wins, a win in each of the legs. On the on the blue, blue chip matchmaker side, of course, you have Chardonnay, who's just been superb. And I think it's been probably the most impressive uh, on either side of the uh, the blue chip or the Levy. Uh, and then of course on the Levy side, you have, you've had a couple of horses who I think have been a little more fortunate in the sense that they've really had their own way. Dr. J Hanover, of course, uh, has had the rail in both starts and, uh, uh, picked up nice wins. I thought last week was much more impressive than he was in the first week. He really did get a stiff challenge and was able to, to, to pick up the win. And of course, rock and Ron for Ronnie Burke has just been solid on the front end, but again, was able to really clear easily and uh, control things. Uh, I think they both may be tested this week, and so it's going to be. I think the 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 third leg is going to be perhaps the most interesting that we've seen so far. The other nice thing that we've seen is we've seen the 2016 Levy Champion, bit of a legend, pick up a win. And last week, I thought the most impressive horse was was Mackenzie A coming and just crushing the field uh, in only her second start of the year, and just uh, looked as impressive as she did in last year's final. All right, shameless self promotion. That was uh, one of our long shots. Uh, to click on the Post Times newsletter, which will be coming out a little bit later tonight. Pete, let's talk about the Blue Chip Matchmaker. Uh, leg three, Division One. It all starts Friday night, race number six. And uh, I guess it was good to see L.A. Delight get that win last time. She was betting on the favoritism status. She did not disappoint uh, as she uh, went, uh, well, Gave to, not totally, but uh, pretty much gate to wire on a game win in 153-2. And, and this was a horse that scratched uh, sick last time, so it was good to see her get back uh, off the, uh, well, she wasn't really on the schneid, but back into the uh, flow of it, so to speak. And now she draws that coveted pylon spot. She is definitely the one to beat 3-2 to two morning line. Yeah, and she needed the points last week because, as you know, under the rules, you get 25 points just for showing up and finishing. And uh, so she was really in a hole, and she needed to pick up the win. And it was interesting because I think on display there was one of the big changes we've made at the newly resurgent Yonkers Raceway to uh, the elimination of the passing lane. And I think uh, she was the beneficiary of that last week. She had a couple of horses behind her, a good mock at a par, and celibate of first leg winner. Uh, just didn't have the room and weren't able to go on by L.A. Delight. So uh, it it was, a, it was a little bit of an advertisement for uh, what we've done this year to kind of shake things up a little bit. Uh, and, but uh, L.A. Delay, of, co- of course, now gets uh, gets the rail. 
uh, figures to be in a tough position here. I think the two logical contenders uh, are, of course, Makadapar, who, again, was blocked behind that one last week, uh, always does well at, at, at Yonkers. And I'm still wanting to see what last year's runner at Medusa does. Um, uh, I had uh, was second over last week. The first week uh, was kind of in behind Celibate uh, herself, and uh, we'll see if Medusa for Eddie Hart can uh, can challenge L.A. Delight. But L.A. Delight is certainly a logical choice here, but uh, uh, I think those two will give uh, L.A. Delight a bit of a challenge. Now, Pete, let's talk about race number nine. It's the blue chip matchmaker. Uh, it's another division for $40,000, and McKenzie draws post number six. This is a tough outside post, but McKenzie has uh, handled the challenge, so to speak, uh, over the past two weeks. Two, or, excuse me, in her last start, uh, she had to come three wide around the last turn and really gobbled up a lot of ground with Jordan Stratton in the bike. Uh, one horse in this field that's been kind of disappointing to me uh, over the past couple of starts is uh, number four, Newborn Seth. You haven't really seen as much out of her as you thought you would. Yeah, I think that that's right. Um, uh, you, you would have expected that. It's been a long time since that one was to the winner's circle, so my inclination is to, you know, when you're in a series like this, is you want to take one that's picked up a win recently, and uh, that one's been racing against some good ones down at Dover and also before that here in the open at uh, Yonkers. Um, but uh, disappointing enough and got bet down last week like she was going to be a big factor. And, uh, of course, that was the race where uh, Motu Moonbeam came out of the clouds to win at 36-1. to 1. Uh, And I think the one thing that may hamper her this week is she's got the one drawn to her immediate inside, Dude's a Lady, who's got to try and take advantage of the – uh, of the uh, of the fact that that one has some speed uh, and try and get a jump on Mackenzie A. If, if it doesn't get the jump on Mackenzie A, I think uh, that's going to be an, they're all going to be sitting ducks for that one. Uh, Dude's a lady, just very impressive as a four-year-old in the series. That's very difficult to do. Uh, but Mackenzie A, after off of last last week's effort, it's going to take a, a good man to beat her uh, this this week. Let's well, backtrack a bit, Pete. Oh, go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say, it looks like I uh, scrolled too far on my program, and I skipped two divisions, so we're going to jump right. backwards now. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you what, you, and you scrolled through, and I'll tell you the division you scrolled through, Mike, was that seventh race where uh, Pete's talked about uh, Sharthen and just how fantastic she has looked. I mean, she's she's just the first two legs. She's just been a bear, but I'll tell you what, she's got Lady Shadow to her inside this time around, we all know of Lady Shadow's accomplishments uh, throughout the years. And uh, a very interesting horse, in my opinion, a horse by the name of Eclipse Me, who uh, gets a good post draw this week. And I'll tell you, she's raced well, I think, uh, her first two starts in the blue chip. Yeah, and then look, these are the connections that picked up the blue chip matchmaker win a couple of years ago with You're Going to Kiss Me or Not. And uh, with that move inside, is going to be a very interesting play this week. Uh, Shorten in, you know, Kind of rolled out of the gate very uh, comfortably last week. Took it, took her time getting to the top. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what Jason Barton, Lady Shadow, uh, does this week because you don't want him again talking about the removal of the passing lane. You don't necessarily want to be in the pocket here. So there's going to be a little bit of a chess match between Jason and, and Tim Tetrick as to what they do early. Uh, will Eclipse me be able to uh, step up to this level? It's probably a tall order, but uh, you don't put anything past those connections. So, uh, But it, that's a great race. I mean, it, it really will be an interesting battle early on between who's going to be cutting the mile and who's going to be taking the pocket in this situation. 
Race number eight is another very competitive race, uh, Pete, um, in the sense of uh, number two, Celebit, is uh, going to try to come back off of a tough effort last time uh, right here from post number two. Uh, she didn't make the top spot, and uh, that was a, a a little bit of a concern for me when watching the race, and uh, she didn't make up that much ground uh, in the stretch. You also have Wishy-Washy Girl, who won by a neck uh, in one of the blue-chip matchmaker uh, divisions last week. This is a, another big competitive field. It is, although uh, the one I like, I kind of like this one coming into the series, and I know Russ Krogan really liked her as well, and that's Twinkle. Uh, look, she was really sharp in the first leg when she picked up the win out of the pocket. You know, excellent trip, excellent drive by Eric Cadell. Last week, another one just didn't quite have enough room in the lane, wasn't able to go by wishy-washy girl, but I would definitely give the edge to Twinkle if Twinkle is able to get the running room in the stretch. Sell a bit, you know, it had been off a few weeks before she picked up that win in the first leg, uh, and I thought had enough little trouble last week that would suggest that she'll be uh, obviously uh, not, not telling any uh, great stories here, a two-to-one shot, but she'll she'll be a major factor. But I think Twinkle is is the one in the in tonight and uh, tomorrow night's eighth race. All right, let's move along to the George Martin Levy Series uh, ranks number seven Saturday, uh, Division One of four in leg three, and it also starts that fifty cent pick five. A good competitive field, Pete. In race seven, you've got Market So, who I thought really raced well last time from post day, was able to get the early spot and have the Lockhorns with Rock and Ron, who once again was able to get away with that soft second quarter and just would not be denied. Has really been tough on the on the front end in the first couple of legs, but I'll tell you what, you've got some other very interesting horses you know really a joe took a lot of money last time it was a five to one and end up getting parked a mile i thought still raced well great vintage is a horse that's always capable blood brothers a horse that's always capable and obviously if the pace could break down a little bit you have to keep an eye on better memories pretty good race here it's a very good race, and you talked about Aurelia Joe. I think the thing that was most impressive about that one was, she, again, parked a mile and looked like he was completely done at the head of the lane and just came surging back to, to grab a bigger share. Uh, very impressive effort, but unfortunately now moves on to the outside. I think the story thus far for me, and one of the stories in the Levy has been the unfortunate trips that Missile J has had in, in, in both of the first two legs. The first leg had the rail and got away third, and uh, came first up and raced very well first up, but sometimes when you tow a horse into the race, you got to worry about that one. And unfortunately for Missile J, he was towing in none other than Bit of a Legend uh, into the race, and Bit of a Legend just stormed right on by. Last week, Missile J just had all sorts of traffic trouble, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens here. I have a feeling he may end up having another difficult trip, likely to come first up into Mocketso. Because as we saw last week, Caviar Luca, while he didn't finish the mile, has enough speed to protect the inside and I think is going to want to set up shop in just his third start of the uh, right behind market. So who I agree with you has been really good in both of the first two legs. Race number eight features another battle between Dr. J. Hanover and Bit of a Legend. And Bit of a Legend had a long way to come from uh, last week. Uh, had to come from 10 lengths off the pace. Uh, still managed to uh, finish a hard closing fourth. Was placed uh, third after disqualification. But Dr. J. Hanover has been absolutely dominant uh, so far in the first two legs. And he really came back into form uh, off his four-year-old season. Uh, you never know what that you know kind of time off is going to produce. But Dr. J. Hanover has uh, hit the ball out of the park so far 
Yeah, I think a lot of people after the first leg were, were down on him in the sense that they thought that was just too easy a trip and they didn't expect him to fire back last week. Again, had pretty good fractions to, to work with last week, 32nd, second quarter, uh, but was really challenged uh, by always at my place in the middle of the race. Really did a nice job fending that one off, and there was no doubt about that one. Of course, in that race, you had the two. 2016-2017 champs coming at him. Keystone Velocity made a nice run, but a bit of a legend, I think, made an even better run. And it's really amazing how well he's come back. He was very good in the first leg, and I thought he was the best of the bunch in last week's race. And I mentioned on the last time I was on that this is this is my number one horse. I love Bit of a Legend, and I think Bit of a Legend is going to be close enough here to go right on by this field. All right, next one, Pete's the ninth race. Uh, actually, that's an open pace, uh, and that's a, actually a pretty good open try. Fantastic one, open. Yep. One, of my, one of my favorite horses, NF Happenstance. But I'll tell you what, you talk about just a great, great horse. She was lightly raced last year, and she's roared back for uh, uh, Jack Parker Jr. here in 2018. I mean, she's won 6 of 10. She's won over $100,000. And, of course, you've got the uh, millionaire trotter, Charmed Life. I mean, let's talk about this race for a minute, because I'll tell you what, this is a great – you've got dog. <laughs> I'm lucky in here, Robert. This is a great, great race. Yeah, you left out a whole bunch, too, in secret. Who was, know, who was just so superb it. last year, Mandingo. Uh, uh, it's, it's just an amazing race that we, that we will put together. Charm Life on the outside has been nothing but impressive as every time I've seen him. And, of course, most interesting, interesting man was able to go right on by um, uh, NF Happenstance. Uh, last week, I was very surprised to see that happen. But uh, you know, she's won. She had won three out of six, and then she was uh, on the lead last week and uh, got tired late. And you even have a horse like Rubber Duck, who, when he minds his manners, is is very tough. So yeah, I think this is wide open. I I do like in secret. Uh, he he will not understand what it means to be on the inner half of the gate, uh, and and uh, I think he'll be very tough as a result. Race number 10 is the George Morgan It's another division, third leg, third division. And Keystone Velocity, boy, has he been plagued with some tough posts uh, towards the outside. Finally get to draw to the inside. I'm not really sure that uh, 7 to 2 is going to be the price on Keystone Velocity when this whole thing, is, uh, when this whole thing uh, settles. But you also have Rock and Ron in here. Uh, it's a pretty good field, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not sold on the 7 to 2 on Keystone Velocity, that's for sure. He will be lower than seven to two, to be sure. I mean, the public is obviously going to be uh, looking at Rock and Ron off of those first two efforts, but I think this is the week where they can probably get Rock and Ron. I didn't see any way he was going to be denied the top in the first two legs. Uh, this uh, week, I would imagine uh, Keystone Velocity is going to be much more aggressively driven. And I talked with Mark McDonald after the last week in Western Fames race, and he's just very impressed how this one has come back as a five-year-old. Uh, so I think Rock and Ron. Is going to have to deal with those two inside horses, and that maybe is undoing this week. Uh, the one that you know you, you mentioned, but you probably don't bet this week, is Even in a Pleasure, who has looked very, very good in the first two legs, finishing second to Rock and Ron in the first leg, and just scoring an, as easy a win as you can have last week uh, in the second leg. Even in a Pleasure is is one that if uh, he ends up drawing well in the final, uh, they're going to have their hands full with that one. 
Yeah, this is really an interesting race and in how it's going to play out because you know Rock and Ron's probably firing now. Here's the thing. If Western Fame could defend that pocket spot, put Keystone Velocity in the third, and then Keystone Velocity has to come first over, then perhaps it can set up for somebody off the pace. But if Keystone Velocity maybe can get that pocket spot, then uh, perhaps you might have the right around there. So that's really one of the races, Pete, I think, where Tripp's going to really determine it. It's going to be tough for Evening of Pleasure. I mean, obviously, he's going to have to try to seek an early seat and I'll tell you, from post-state, that's not no given that he's going to find one. It's not so given, but he is razor sharp. But, but the thing with Dan, uh, Dan Dubay and Keystone Velocity, we talked about it last time. That you know, He said last year in the final, I'm not getting anything unless I leave, and I think he's going to have a similar attitude here coming off of a second and a fourth, uh, wanting to pick up some points uh, as we move into the third leg. All right, let's look at race number 11, Pete. Uh, I thought all bets off just that that's one of those races last time where you could just completely just put a line through, which just never had any chance uh, in that particular race from post seven. Uh, the veteran draws the inside. I think it's a whole different situation, um, but you've got somewhere in LA who draws outside Chumley's uh, been the victim of a couple of nice winners of Mark and so and Dr. J Hanover. And then you have the most interesting Waikiki beach. I don't know. I just have a feeling that one of these weeks, He's going to uh, he's going to surprise some people, but uh, I don't know how much more patience we're going to have with him. We saw this horse get bet down to smithereens in the first leg, came in with a lot of high hopes, looked absolutely awful, and then really didn't look a little bit better last week, but uh, still didn't beat a horse. So I don't know. What what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, well, look, Waikiki Beach. I mean, any horse who finished third three consecutive times to uh, second uh, three consecutive times to Lazarus down under it, it has, obviously has a lot of talent. It, but there's just got to be something wrong with this one. Uh, if he turns it around, God bless him. He's not going to do it with my money. Uh, I'm going to go with one that you didn't mention, and that's Long Live Rock, uh, who, again, with the Allard and, and Dubai connection here, uh, this is one who I think is sitting on a big race. Uh, all bets off, if all bets off, kind of turns things around a little bit. I think the first leg, he was just a little short, and ended up, that's why he ended up finishing third uh, in that race behind uh, you know a couple of very good horses. So all bets off, I think, however, is going to be bet down too much for me to, to attract my money this week. Uh, and I think with somewhere in L.A., I just get a sense that with Franco Rayner uh, is likely to be uh, aggressively driven this week, and that may compromise somewhere in L.A. a little bit early, although I like somewhere in L.A. Uh, I think Longley Rock might be close enough here to really launch his late kick and pick these off at, a, I think, a very fair mutual. Yeah, I think there's some value to be had in the Levy Series this week at the Yonkers Raceway, so certainly keep an eye out for that. Uh, always good racing uh, there at Yonkers. Uh, I know you guys have been doing really well. The handles uh, have been up uh, quite a bit over the last, uh, gosh, month, month and a half, uh, maybe even longer. So you guys are doing a great job there. And uh, already leg three. Um, what what are you thinking as we as we move along forward in this Levy series as we get into leg three and the leg four and some of the later legs before the finals? Is that where we start to look for value or do things kinda tighten up a little bit price wise as is, is a general well, it's yeah, it's interesting. As you move through the series, of course, if you've been able to rack up some points early, you really would like to steal a week off. It's a long series, five legs in a final, if you can get a week off. And sometimes when that happens, things get opened up a little bit for some of the others to, to really have a, a shot to fire. And, and, of course, the ones that haven't quite done as well early on are going to be 
firing on all cylinders. I, I do think at that point it, the, the betting becomes even more interesting as, as you move into the fourth and fifth legs. Uh, but we've already seen, I think, the logical contenders is probably somewhere between six and eight of them uh, that uh, I think could be major factors in the final. And a lot of them have speed, so you, you're going to want to get some of these horses who are maybe a little bit more versatile, a horse like Bit of a Legend, a horse like Keystone Velocity. Those are proven commodities, obviously. Uh, but uh, a, a lot of very uh, interesting horses here. And we may not have seen the best of some of these, and uh, that's what makes the, the Levy Series so much fun, and for that matter, the Blue Trip Matchmaker. All right. If you need some guidance, there's always the, the good old Hilltop Helper there to, uh, to help everybody out. Tell us a little yeah. bit about how we can get our hands on the, the uh, Hilltop Helper. You can go to the SOA of New York website, uh, and uh, it's posted on a number of different places, and uh, uh, and it's also uh, the Hilltop Helper on Facebook. It gets posted tomorrow morning at about uh, 9.30 a.m. All right, good stuff, good analysis there. Pete, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and we'll certainly check in with you before this thing comes to a close. And don't don't be so hard on anybody that you know misses the deadline by a minute. Give them a break tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Mike is tough. Very Mike, strict, Mike you know. Tough. He's very strict. Oh, boy. Let me tell you. All right, Pete, we appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> oh man. All right, well there you have it, buddy. Don't don't be so strict. You got to give him a little bit of a drag, Mike. Come on. Yeah, well, we won't. A bit of a we will talk, talk about drag, okay? That's the that's Let's listen, not that's, talk that about is drag. now that's 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 the harness racing. You know, that's the, the personality of harness. Got to give a little bit of a drag. I'm not. We're not talking about drag. Right. Let's not. Let's not go there. <laughs> All right, we got one final timeout to take. We're going to wrap this thing up when we come back. Don't forget about the Post Time with Mike and Mike newsletter. It'll be out at about 5 o'clock or so tonight. And don't forget to sign up for the mailing list, Mike, because you could get this thing pretty much mailed right to your front door. Yeah, definitely. You can get the mailing list. Uh, we, we're getting uh, new people every week, so make sure you sign up on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. There's a link right there to add you right to the uh, add you right to the mailing list uh, that we send out. We send this thing out. Uh, you know, sometimes we send it before, sometimes we send it before, sometimes it's hours after. It just uh, it just depends on uh, on uh, when things kind of fall into place. But uh, you know, it, it gets it right to your front door. You don't have to go anywhere for it. And uh, we appreciate all of our uh, readers so far. And Mike. Um, I did tease this a little bit earlier on Twitter. We are going to have a full update on driver Matt Kakele in our uh, newsletter tonight. So uh, that'll be, that, that's, that was an interesting interview, so to speak. Uh, I sent him some questions, Mike, yesterday, and he texted me last night after he gets out of, after he gets out of surgery to tell me he's going to answer the questions in the morning. I said, well, wait a minute. Go 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 recover. Well, yeah, don't don't worry about yeah. those questions. If you get them to me, great. If not, uh, you know that's fine too. But uh, Matt uh, took a few minutes and uh, answered our questions for us. So uh, we're gonna have a great story on Matt Kelly tonight as well. Great, great stuff. So make sure you check that out. It's tonight on the uh, Post Times newsletter. We'll wrap this thing up when we come back. Harness Racing's 2018 Grand Circuit schedule begins at Yonkers Raceway with the George Morton Levy and Keystone Velocity and a blue chip matchmaker. Medusa into second, Mackenzie A takes the blue chip matchmaker final. The preliminaries for the Matchmaker and Levy Series start the weekend of March 16th with the finals on April 21st. For more information, visit EmpireCityCasino.com.
right, that'll be the action coming up this weekend. He owns his raceway, and if you're still in the 16-man tournament, make sure that you get your picks in before 9.30 tonight. No drag. Don't forget about the Post Times newsletter coming up a little bit later on tonight with that great story of Matt Kaley, plus a nice uh, sit-down conversation with Pete Medhurst, Mike. Uh, I tell you what, that's going to be a good thing. That's very, very. It's a, going to be a very good read. So make sure you you uh, check do. that out. And uh, of course, for further information, Mike, on our remote schedule, you can log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, as we'll be uh, going a lot of different places here. Yeah, definitely. We've got, uh, I believe it's six or seven live remotes. It's going to be a, a lengthy summer for us. And uh, listen, you better uh, you better get your passport, my friend, because I expect to see you at Mohawk Racetrack in, uh, in Canada. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to be there. And this is going to be just a tremendous, tremendous uh, schedule as, uh, as my cell phone rings out of control. It's who knows who it is, but uh, nonetheless, it's just going to keep ringing and ringing. So it's not you, Mike, because you're not listen, trying to listen, call me, are you? Listen, t- t- tell, tell, uh, tell our friend Keith Jones to go away. Anyways, for, <laughs> for Mike Posich, I'm Mike Carr. We'll see you next time on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Good night, everybody. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know who.